Coming at you live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios, this is Old School. Broadcasting veteran Derek Pearson. When you find something that moves them, that makes them smile, celebrate it. That's your task, that's your superpower. Nebraska Football Hall of Famer Jay Foreman. Rifles a pass, it was tipped, it's picked off by Foreman. He's at the 15, 10, 5, he'll score! On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Hey, who was that that made that sound? Um, Adrian. Adrian. Adrian, Adrian. Oh, okay. Yeah. Rest in power. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Another linebacker. Another time. linebacker. Hey, you got to get excited when you see LBs get their hands on the ball. Every go time. To the house that's call. such a great note. Yeah. Well, that's why I le- we left it in. Because it's kind of a tribute. You, you got to pay homage. It's, it's, it's a real it's a tribute, yeah, yeah. right? Right? Like to, to do that. So, uh, 424-645-685, you can join us. Sarder Heyman text line, Honda Lincoln hotline if you want to join the party. Uh, the the Sarder Heyman video stream is up. Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch, you can see what's going on. You can actually listen to the show there if that's what you want to do. Um, yeah, it, 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 it's big. So, the thing we were talking about with, player accountability, right? That coaches could coach and do everything that a coach thinks he knows to do, should do, can do. And at some point, the player has to execute. The player has to execute. Yeah. But then the question becomes, especially at a high level, right? And I I think there's a difference between a high school coach and a professional coach or a college power five coach that the power five coach needs to find a way to motivate his his motivated players and his not motivated players. Well, here's what I'd ask you, though. Uh-huh. Okay, what do you think – like, so for us, or at least – He said us. I, well, because we're, we're older. I mean, uh, we, we, we <laughs> definitely were, – we were, we were coached a different. We didn't have right, – right. we didn't have Uncle Johnny, you know, handling our affairs ever since we are 10 years old and right. AAU and all this other stuff. So right. – you know, we we were always told to figure it out and stop being a chump. So I, I think that's totally different. So you know, a motivating thing for me or us was the uh, fear of failure, right? I, I think I was I hated to lose more than I liked to win. Fear fear of you know not being good enough. Um, and then also a great motivator was sitting on the bench and watching. Like, what do you think is the biggest motivator for for? Um, for kids, because I think it's different based on where you're at, or where they're maybe brought up, and then maybe who they were, kind of the environment they were brought, you know, brought into. Because all, all that's true, like yeah. that, that. But that's co- to me, that's what coaching is. Well, you got to find it, but then right, like, but, but how? I, I'll ask you this, okay? So, say you're the coach at. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me get up here to say you're a coach at, uh, where Maryland, right? Okay. The DMV, okay? okay. So, yeah, and so you know, say Rico, um. Is is an AU kid, social media kid, has two or three people constantly in his ear. So when Rico comes on as a recruiting trip, um, you know, say mom, dad, or whatever, but then you have like these advisors or whatever with mm-hmm. them, right? So you know that's who you're gonna deal with. Versus say like me, I Ramel Lloyd, mm-hmm. right? Um, NBA dad, mm-hmm. um, high school environment, very very structured, right? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, you you're seeing two different things and easier to probably in assumption to coach me, right? Because you know what you're going to get. 
And you know it's already in place. It's already in place, and you know Ramel's dad is going to let you coach his son. And you know he's been coached, he's been pushed, he's been, and he's coming from a high school program that's structured. Like when they go to practice, they go to work. They go to work. They're they're traveling like a pretty much like an NBA team, mm-hmm. Sierra Canyon, or you know X, mm-hmm. Y, and Z. So mm-hmm. you know time management, structure, having hard conversations with them in the office is easier. Now here's Rico. How would you approach? coaching Rico over there and you know you not only got to coach him but you got to try to coach other people that aren't physically there so very high in the places that I've coached oh you said it I didn't in in the places that I've coached so I've coached the full extreme right right? so from the 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 million dollar kid uh the million dollar family the rich family the uninspired kid to the super motivated poor kid. I've right. coached the full spectrum. My job is to figure out what moves Jay Foreman and Rico right. in their space for our collective space. So the individual work to a team mission. What I've always done, and my wife will vouch for this, and Barry Thompson will vouch for this. First right. thing I do with a team, is I call the parents together, right? And I have them, you know, I have them at the house. Yeah, so that's what you right? do on your recruiting trip, right? right? Yeah. Have them at the house, and said, "Listen, here, here are a couple of things that are in play. One, there is a mission. Now, your particular wants and needs are not more important than the team goal. Now, if you feel like what these peripheral people want more for that, that their individual than I do, then you need to come coach." Every day. You need to be at practice every day. You need to do film study every day. You need to do what I do for your child in this space. Now, everybody shows up on game night and says, well, this is how this looks. Why is why is Rico going off kilter? Going off kilter? Well, ask Rico what we talked about at practice. Ask Rico to show you when we said we were going to go off script. What day of practice was it for Rico to go off script and go solo? Because I guarantee you that day didn't exist, and his answer is going to be, I did what I wanted to do. Well, selfish actions give you selfish reactions. That's a way to handle Rico. Right. I can give Rico what Rico needs to look the way he wants to look on social media. For him to excel, right, I can give him all the highlights if he, in fact, connects to, to Jay Foreman and allow Jay Foreman to do what Jay Foreman does best and measure Rico by Jay Foreman's work. Right, but that's, that's like, that's like I need winning. to get right. But that's, so what if you're losing? If I'm losing, I do the same thing because the mission is the same. Ultimately, in all this stuff, winning is, is the, like on, on my is coaching, the on my, on my coaching pyramid, winning is, 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 is the thing. Now, I never talk about winning. I simply talk about the things that lead you to winning. I've never once right. went into a I won 78% of the games I've ever coached. All of them. Why? Because we don't do stupid stuff. And we do everything together. Right? Connected yeah. players, connected smart players do connected smart player stuff. Right. Now, Jay Foreman's work will rain down on Rico. You know why? Because I'm going to put you two together. Right. See, and Rico can't run next to you and then expect all the same accolades that you do putting in 40% of the work. Right. 
Like that's simple. If 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 I put you in Rico's space, you're gonna push the creative side. You'll understand it. Oh, you like the ball here, player. Okay, playboy. I'm gonna give it to you when you when you like it, right? We're gonna high five when we're done, and then we'll get back to work so we can get to the next one. You will convince Rico that if he works harder, he'll have more of the moments that he wants to have. Right? You can move him and get in corners with him in places that I can't. Y'all going to be walking, sitting in the locker room. I'm going to be in the coach's office. Y'all going to be in the locker room. And if he's goofing off and you are ready to sweat, you are already sweating from getting prepared, he has to come with you. I can walk in and say, Rico, how come you're not ready? You, Your work would have already, if I've connected you to, already drawn him there. There's a string between you and Rico. When you move, Rico has to move. Right. Yeah, so, I mean, essentially what you're for, – for people out there, in short, what you're saying is that, uh, you know, the best coaching job is when the locker room places the the players. Yeah, and I have to give responsibility and access to my hardest workers. Again, I on every team that I've ever been on, there are players that I choose. There's the best player, the guy who from, 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 from God above in a lightning bolt gave him everything that's required to play the sport. Then I need the smartest player, the actual player with the highest IQ. Then I need the hardest worker. I need the guy who, quite frankly, will run through the wall and then rebuild the wall simply because. And then I need my worst player has to be the guy who loves this game so much that he will do anything I ask him to do. He'll do anything the game is required. Those are my four pillars of coaching. Because whatever I need, right, and that last dude is also my academic guy, right? He's the one that makes sure that when somebody needs help or somebody's struggling, they can go to him and get right. I'm just sitting in the middle. Those four pillars hold the fence up. The gate becomes connected in you sharing as the best athlete and you sharing as the most creative guy. When you guys piece those things together, no matter what happens in a game, no matter what sport it is, you guys know what's required to win. Somebody in the room, shared IQ, what Jay knows about, about football is everything. What Rico knows about football is everything. But it's the shared IQ that makes great teams. Yeah. Like, that's the stuff I'm talking about. And I just, when you look at coaches who go through and you have, everybody in Power 5 has talent. Literally every team in yeah. Power Five. Yeah, has you're talent. not playing against. Right. It's not, again, it's not like the Big Ten isn't like when um, 15 years ago, Northwestern just had. They were like essentially a D2 team. Yep. They got for real hammered. For real players and guys that are going to get shots at playing at the next level, whether it's the G League or be able to go overseas. And so, you know, the is a thin line between winning and losing and. Um, you know, whether it's football, basketball, a lot of it has to be the true and in, in, in intrinsic leadership. Um, but I think also you got to have a bunch of guys. You got to have a high percentage of guys uh, that want to be led. Um, going around and like constantly rehabbing guys and stuff like that. You you you'll spend more time if you have a high percentage of those guys. You'll spend a lo- way more time dealing with them versus dealing with the guys that want to be led. And so that's where, you know, um, the outside environment is. And and sometimes I think, you know, whether it's social media or just the way that 
people are just wired different, you know, um, or maybe they come from, I, I heard somebody say, you know, they come from the Y generation, whereas we wouldn't ask why they want, you know, they're asked why you explain, you answer their question why are you here? The, and then why they'll are ask, you, then they'll ask why, why did you, why again? So you never really get anywhere. And sometimes I think that correlates to sports, right? Mm-hmm. You could sit there and watch a football game or a basketball game. Like, why does he, why did he do that? Well, he probably like asked four or five times why he shouldn't do it, but he's asked so many times why he shouldn't do it that he actually believes he should do it. It's a you pre, get, you it's get, a pre-programmed. It's a pre, and so that's the hardest thing to do. And sometimes when you're not winning at the clip that uh, would force you to be in line, then you you feel like okay, well, if I'm it, it, here's an old adage, right? You know. If you're a a good player on an average or crappy team, you think you're a great player when actually you're still just a good player. And then when you go to, like, uh, New England, say you go from, let's just say back in the day, you go from Cleveland back when they went, like, you know, you know, over in 16 or whatever, and you were the guy, and then you go to, Cle- or you go to New England. Fall in line, Fall bro. in line, and if you don't, and that's where you see some of, like, the New England um, – this is not to get off track, but this is just talking about team building. When you see a lot, like I remember when New England side signed from Baltimore, Adelius Thomas, mm-hmm. and when the last year in Baltimore, I mean he had had like three picks, one to the crib, ten sacks. I mean he was up for the defensive player of the year, and it seemed like a match made in heaven. And Baltimore was always been good, but New England was that team, right? You know, because they were obviously going to Super Bowl. It seemed like every year. And if there ever was on paper or in theory a guy that would go to New England and go next level, because they were thinking about him being better than Willie McGinnis and kind of replacing Willie McGinnis, because I think Willie McGinnis at that time had went to Cleveland, right, or was on his way to Cleveland, where Bill Belichick would take a guy and, you know, one week you're playing defensive end. Next week you might be playing three technique. Then you might be playing middle linebacker. You see it with Jamie Collins, right? And then next thing you know you got seven sacks, four picks, and all that other stuff. Well, the personality didn't match up, and he didn't get out of his own way. So sometimes, like when you fans are watching this and 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 seeing and asking some of these questions, um, you know, feeling the feeling the punt on a half yard line and all that other stuff, you know, it's a more of a personality, personal issue, and and, and you know, because it, it, it's some of the things that uh, guys have. I mean, these are choices. But would you see a player who practices a certain way? and then decides in game that he's going to go rogue. What's the likelihood that that player didn't show any of that at practice? Uh, in high volume. I, I, would t- I, would tell you that, I would tell you this. That bef- if you asked me this a year ago, I would say there's no way he hadn't done that uh, uh, 20 times. You know what I mean? I would say, I would say you had seen it. Now – Oh, it's definitely late lights, camera, action. I'm 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 about to do what so, I do. So so, but but then then this leads me to this, and it's kind of what the basketball thing came out right that you don't rebound well, right? And every coach from the outside to anybody outside will say, "We work on it. We work on it. We work on it." But are you working on it? And are you working on it at a high enough repetition and volume and right. depth? that you're actually going to see the tendency. 
Like if you if you run a thing ten times, as Rashawn likes to say, you yeah. guys ran plays and ran plays and ran plays and ran plays until you were sick of running that same play. But that's why you were effective at that play because right. you ran it so much. That's what Alabama does, right? right? But for special teams or in those specialty situations, people are doing things because they haven't repped it enough to not do that thing. Like you can't tell me that yeah. you that you that you've caught a hundred punts that week every week for your entire season and then you get out there on a, on a game day and do what you want to do that's not how that works that just means you haven't seen at a high enough volume and repetition what this person is going to do under live conditions in that space uh, i don't know no that's that's 100% factual not true okay how so uh well in particular i've seen i've seen him be coached what to do, not to do, been in some of those meetings and see it executed for weeks on end, obviously because of that then, game. That then game would that first. mean that the coach picked the wrong person? Well, eventually it would not been one back there. But you only can make the de- – it's like a, you you only can make the decision in a relationship based on what they show you. Now, once they get in the relationship, they start doing something different, yeah. then you got to make a decision. So, that's a, I mean, that's just where it's at. And, I, and I'm not bashing on any players. No, no, and, no, no. And, and, We're and trying to get also, an understanding of it, And it's right? also with basketball as well. It's like, you know, like you said, you know what to do, but are you willing to do it when it you're hard. not being coached to do it? When, when you don't – like DP's out here returning punts, right? And I'm helping. I'm back here coaching. They say, "Okay, look, look. Okay, today we got a east wind, and it's about ten miles an hour, and they're punting, so the ball's going to come out a little bit flat because you know they got the wind behind you, or you're punting into the wind. So they listen up. We got to be ten yards before, you know, ahead of, you know, ten yards closer because we're punting into the wind. You know, it's going to come down different. It might start turning end over end. You know, so when we're in practice, and I'm even from the sideline to where you're at, you can hear me, right? Mm-hmm. So. These are things that you need to be putting in your memory bank as you run out there on, you know, every single play in practice. But once you get out there in the game, if you were just if you were just um hearing me and not listening, then you get out there and then you then you just kind of it's almost like well, well, that's where the caught ad- by surprise. That's where good coaching and adaptions ha- uh, uh But you can't happens. but if somebody's choosing not to No, listen, I, no, no, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. A, I'm agreeing with you in this space. Right. That once you find out that he's not that dude, yeah, you got to make. Yeah. not a dude, then you got to make a decision, right? But then you, but then the fans can't be mad if you just got to do back there to actually make the catch, right? Well, because because it's feast or famine. You, because what you had before, you're complaining. You can't complain on both ends. How does so? Then I'll ask. I call that playing tennis. Well, but I, I an argument, and, and I get and not that, losing a point, right? I get that, but then I want to know if I have a player for three years, twelve months a year, ten months a year. Right. And he wants to return kicks. Right? He wants to return kicks. We want for him to return kicks. You know the one thing I don't have to coach? Repetition. Because he can go get repetition and catch the football in 10 months of different weather conditions, different times of the day. Right. He can can make an excuse or he can make a way. Like we, we, we talked about. Cooper Cup and how hard the work has been for him to learn the things that he needed to learn, even when he didn't have the conditions, the, circumstances also, to do it. Yeah, but it's 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 yeah. I mean, it's all inclusive. Um, like if I told it's you, all, it's all inclusive. If it's they just told a different you, Jay Foreman, you would, we're going to move you to fullback, you would get to work immediately. Yeah, 
Kicking and screaming, too. Right, right, <laughs> right. Like, you were going to go immediately. Yeah. If I tell Rico he's going to play but, fullback, but, Rico going to find a way. Look, uh, I but, need. To, I got something else to do. Yeah. <laughs> right. but, there, but, see, it's a little different because. Well, if you want to put me a fullback, we got another problem. Right. <laughs> that part. <laughs> it's, a, it's a little different because the environment that I came into as an 18-year-old kid is different than the environment that these kids come into for the simple fact that it's, times are different. The the state the of the, the state of the program is is different. Um, the leadership is different or was different. I think they actually have really good leadership now, or potentially have really good true. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if the right word to say is intrinsic leadership. Again, people I'm out here trying to work on my vocabulary. Go ahead, Jay not, not really, but go you know, ahead, Jay Foreman. True, true, really down and dirty <laughs> leadership, right? You know. Um, I think they have that or have the potential to have that, and I think that's why you know I feel confident that the the team will be better in wins and losses um, because you have guys that I think, it, it, you know, in my this is just my opinion, and this is – I had this opinion even when, when uh, Grandpa Mike was around, right? Um, that – and so you had some guys that were invested, truly invested like the right way, and then you had some pulling the other way, right? Um, and when it's, if it's 50, 50, then, you know, you kind of get, you, you just kind of just out there being average. Now you can deal with that when it's like 80, 20, 90, 10, because essentially the 90, 90%, 80%, and even in case of 70% is just going to overwhelm that, you know, other percentage. And then you're going to convert some of those guys because they're eventually going to just figure it out and just say, you know what, I'm going to stop fighting and I'm going to do it. So, um, you know, big thing is, is, uh, you know, leadership, especially in college football, because of the limited amount of time that the coaches are allowed to be around the players and with the players. You know, it's what I think, it, well, at least 20 hours a week. That's not a lot of time. When you think about practicing, you got meetings, and that includes, I think, weight room and stuff like that. So, um, so when you have guys that are able to truly, you know, police the locker for, locker room and guys that are in actually – Take it a step further. The guys that are policing the locker room are policing it for the right reasons, and and and, and are one of the guys that are truly invested. Um, you know that's when it tends, tends to work out well. So um, it, it's definitely not an easy task, but I think that they're you know set up for you know the most part to do well. Um, and then you know when it comes to basketball, I think it's you know Big Ten's hard, and it's um, an ever evolving type of one thing I've learned about, and I go to you know basketball, both men's and women's, is that it's an ever evolving um, sport, especially in the Big Ten, because you know the teams that were uh, really really good last year, and even if they're good this year, they are attacking you differently. They're different. They're they're still good, but they're totally different. So you don't have you're not rolling out there against Illinois this year, thinking it's the same team from last year. So, you know, you're constantly having to adjust, and and sometimes you're always on your heels versus being, you know, the aggressor and being on your toes. Like I said, I think the the whole concept of watching the good programs here at the University of Nebraska and the ones that are having success versus the ones that didn't or aren't, and the conversation becomes clear in work. Work. Is, yeah. is the answer to most of the things that we have questions about. With toward the break, uh, more Old School, 93.7 The Ticket, when we come back. You're listening to Old School with DP and J. Download the mobile app and listen wherever you are on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.